0: This is the Katie's Tech Podcast, Episode 8, recorded June 10th, 2014. My name is Jason Johnson, and this is the Katie's Tech Podcast. This is the show where I go over the news stories of the day, usually technology related, that catch my eye. They may not be the biggest news stories or the most popular, just the ones that I find most interesting. The first topic that I wanted to mention today is one that I discussed on the show yesterday about MAC addresses and how they're being randomly Generated and used by the new version of iOS, which is the operating system used by Apple's iPhones and iPads. I felt like yesterday I didn't do a good enough job going over exactly what the MAC address is and why this is important. For every network adapter, which is the device that makes the connection to a network, either through um, network cabling or Wi Fi, not to be confused with the cellular connections, but you know home Wi-Fi or network cabling. Each device has to have a unique address or identifier. And what this is made up of is the first half is specific to the manufacturer of the product. So each manufacturer has their own unique identifier that's the first half of this address. The second half uniquely identifies that specific adapter. No two are ever alike. So it always uniquely identifies your device no matter where it's plugged in or connected. With that in mind, you can see how it's easy for someone to take advantage of that and use it to track you as you move around. Whether it's every time you enter a grocery store, where you are in the grocery store, every time you drive by a building, that unique identifier is always specific to the device that you have with you. So what Apple is doing is they are uniquely generating this address so that it's used for a temporary period of time and then discarded. They're not actually using the permanent address that's fused onto that adapter. The software itself is randomly generating one. And while what this will do is protect you from being monitored or tracked and it's just an increase in privacy. So I wanted to mention that and explain why I felt that was important and something to look forward to in the next version of Apple's operating system. The big news for today, out of E3's expo, is the announcements made by Sony at their keynote. As we expected, there was not a whole lot of hardware news given that the PS4 came out last year, though they did introduce a white edition of their console, which we bundled with the game Destiny, which is a sci-fi space shooter. I've not actually heard a lot about that, but some people like to be able to differentiate their consoles, so a wide option will probably increase sales a little bump anyway. The second interesting news out of Sony was more information on their Mor- Morpheus VR headset. This is a virtual reality headset. And I happen to feel that this is where the future of gaming will eventually end up. may not be any time in the near future, but the concept of wearing a headset and being completely immersed in the game has been the dream of most video game designers and it'll be interesting to see that actually come to fruition. The more immediate interesting story that Sony announced is their PlayStation TV coupled with PlayStation Now online gaming. And what this appears to be is a Apple TV or Roku sized box that will allow access to the PlayStation Now, which will be a subscription service, which will allow access to an online game library. So for X amount per month, you'll be able to access up to supposedly a library of thousands, a thousand games to be able to play. Locally, the console itself, that's what they're calling it, it's more of a mini console, is capable of playing Sony's Vita games, which is their mobile gaming platform. So, you'll have local access to a cartridge-based Vita system as well as online access. The pricing for this is really interesting because they're they're putting it right in line with the Apple TV and Amazon Fire, Roku, that level of market. And it's $99 for the console only and $140, or $139 specifically, where it ships with a controller. So for under $140 or right at $140, you have a gaming console which will make it very interesting considering how high the price has gotten of the higher-end consoles, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. I'm really interested in looking into this because I feel that's where the interesting part of the market is for me. I just find that the larger consoles are getting too cost prohibitive for the amount of time I have to spend. So, a experience in the living room that uses a cheaper gaming console that still has the power or an online subscription service may be the way to go. To wrap up the E3 news, Nintendo made their announcement but really all I saw out of that was a few new Nintendo Wii U games. Personally, I'm very concerned with the future of Nintendo and I just don't know what the company can do to dig itself out of the hole it's in with their sales slump and just lack of interest, especially in the adult market. Moving on from the E3 news, another item that I found interesting was the possibility of a computer having actually passed the Turing test. I haven't seen the specifics on what the actual system was, but supposedly it was able to convince some of the testers that it was a boy from, I forget what the country was, but a different country from where the testers were located. And through a series of interactive chat questions, communicating back and forth, convince the, t- the testers that it was an actual person and not a com- computer. This is in reference to the Turing test, which was generated by Turing a couple years, many years ago, which was is used as the definitive test, or considered one of the definitive tests, for an actual artificial artificial intelligence system. For the questions used during the interaction and the re- responses of the system, I'm not really sure how it could convince somebody personally. But The fact that it did does show that there has been some advancement, at least, in artificial intelligence as a response system. These systems are not to the point where they're thinking on their own, and realistically that's not the way a computer will work. It'll just be able to respond to a stimuli. But still interesting, and an improvement in computer interactions can only be good for the future of computing, operating systems and how we use computers. Following up on the gaming news earlier, I did want to mention that Dell has announced that they are changing their SteamOS box to an Alienware Alpha quote, console, end quote, system. And this is a response to the fact that Valve announced that their SteamOS console would be postponed until next year. And so, in response to this delay on Valve's part, Dell is changing their system to run a standard Windows 8 operating system, which will still allow it to play Steam games, but also be used as a more traditional gaming system, though it will be more engineered towards the living room experience with capabilities more in line with a console type gamer than a traditional PC gamer. So, interesting bit of news. I was wondering what the response would be on the part of the other manufacturers to Valve actually Postponing the release of their their system. Hopefully this won't actually cause any delays in the games and the experience that the users will have, and Valve will actually get the SteamOS released this year on schedule. And that wraps up the news for today. Thank you for listening to the KD's Tech Podcast, and I'll be back soon with more news.